You're listening to Two Brain Radio. We make gyms profitable, getting you on track to making every day your perfect day. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf business tactics to help improve your gym, advance your fitness career, and move you closer to wealth. Get ready to start building your bigger and better business with your coach, best-selling fitness author of Two Brain Business, Grow Your Gym, and Help First, Chris Cooper. This is Chris Cooper, and I'm not in the best voice today, but I've been waiting for three days to record this episode, and with a full lineup of amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks, I don't want to wait anymore. So today we're going to talk about Affinity Marketing 2018, how to do it, why you should be doing it more often, and what it should be replacing. I do a lot of free calls with affiliates. I have six booked this afternoon, and the most common question that I get is, how do I get more clients? But more and more... People are asking me, how do I get more leads? They're using the terms interchangeably. A new client is not the same as a new lead. A new lead is cold traffic that probably doesn't understand anything about your brand. They don't have a relationship with you. They don't know why they should be using your service. So the odds of getting a lead to become a client is usually very, very small, especially if you're looking at a very narrow time window, like a first impression on a Facebook ad or a Google AdWord. The odds of getting somebody from there to signing up for your your product and staying long-term are tiny, one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in 10,000. However, the odds of getting the wife of a current client to sign up are maybe one in two. And so a lot of gym owners are missing out on very simple, low-hanging fruit opportunities to increase the number of clients that they have in their gym, especially the type of clients that they want, not just strangers but people with one degree of separation from the owner, people who can afford your service, people who have other reasons to be there, like they're related to your current clients, and people who will naturally fit in. After all, we all have our own natural filtering process. We filter our friends. We really filter our spouses and mates. And so if if your client's wife doesn't come to the gym, she's already been through every possible filter that she needs to qualify her as a fantastic client for you. She gets along well with one of your great clients. She can certainly afford it because her husband can. And she probably has the kind of job living, you know, she lives close enough to the gym. She has all of the elements that you're looking for in a client. Why would we start at the other end of the spectrum? Whenever I've written about affinity marketing before, I've subtitled the article F your funnel. But what the F really stands for is flip. Flip your funnel upside down. Don't start with the broadest possible audience of cold leads. Start instead with the smallest possible audience of very, very warm leads, people who are very much likely to enjoy your service. And here's how we do it. To follow along with this description, I've created a visual template that you can download for free on the TwoBrainBusiness.com website. And what you'll see when you look at it is a model that looks kind of like a dartboard. I've arranged it a little bit differently because I've got some color coding on there for warm and cool audiences and stuff. But if you're just doing this at home, what you can start with is drawing a dartboard with eight loops of affinity represented by the circles in the dartboard. We're going to start from the center of this bullseye, this target, and we're going to work our way out. As we go from the middle to the more remote reaches, these are called affinity loops. Each circle is its own affinity loop. The loops will grow as we, as we expand our audience, but affinity will decline. 
So while you might have more people in like the fourth affinity loop than the second affinity loop, it's also going to be harder to get those people because they'll have a lesser relationship with your brand. They're less likely to want your service. They're less likely to even know about your service. So keep that in mind as we go. The first loop, the bullseye, the dot right in the center is your best clients. Now I've been through the best clients exercise several times. I'll link to the Mike McCallowitz podcast episode in the show notes here. And you can go through that on your own to determine who your best clients are. We call this loop, that bullseye, that middle circle, the axial loop, like the axis, because that's what your business pivots around. If your best clients are coming to you to buy something that you're not really eager to sell, or if you're selling the thing that your best clients don't want, you're not going to keep those best clients around for long. For example, new client comes in, she wants to lose weight. You're focused on games competitors. So you say, okay, well, yeah, you can just start CrossFit. Here's our free trial. Tell me if you like it. Well, she might stay three or four months, but you might notice that you spend most of your time programming for games athletes, talking about games athletes, trying to recruit games athletes, and then she'll leave to find another gym that focuses on weight loss. It's really important every year to get with your axial clients, sometimes called your seed clients. Interview them, find out what they like best about your gym, why are they still there, how have their goals changed, and then make sure that your service is retargeted toward what they want. This sounds kind of silly that we even have to say this, but honestly, the goals and needs of your target client, your axial loop, change so often that you have to make sure that your business and your brand are actually in line with what they want. I can't overstate this enough. So that first axial loop is basically your three to five best clients. You're going to take them for coffee. You're going to ask them a few questions. Why do you still come to my gym? What frustrates you most about the fitness industry in general? And what is your biggest challenge in life after you leave my gym? And again, what we're really asking there is, how can I get more people like you in my door? What should I avoid to keep you? And how can I serve you more? And this is actually your first opportunity in affinity marketing is serving your axial clients more. For example, if my axial client wants weight loss and I'm just selling choreographed exercise, that is not going to get her weight loss. She needs nutrition. And it's my duty as her coach to tell her that. It's my duty as a coach to present an option that will actually help her lose weight. It is not my duty as a coach to guess how much she's willing to spend or try to measure her wallet in my brain. My job is to say, I have this nutrition plan available. Here's the price. It's not my responsibility as a gym owner to sell an all-inclusive package that includes 24-hour access via text and phone to me that includes a full nutrition plan that's going to take me three hours to put together, that includes coaching every single day of the week for the low, low price of $129 per month. That is not my job. My job is identify who my axial clients are, what they want, and then offer it to them. Now, if you can't provide this other service that they need, this is a great place to make a partnership. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't own a gym, if you own a hairdressing salon, Thank you for signing up for our incubator. If you own a photography business, thank you for signing up for our incubator. You have a massive opportunity here to join forces with our gyms and provide a combination service. So if somebody comes into the gym and they want to lose weight for their wedding 
and you say to them, okay, as we lose weight here, you're going to be able, uh, you're going to need some alterations to your wedding dress, but we recommend working with this place because they've been very flexible and helpful to us in the past. So the axial loop is really your opportunity to help your clients find greater value in your service. Some might call this an upsell. I don't like that word. I think of it as helping more. And this is really where I make a lot of uh, our sales a catalyst. This is where the huge ARM a catalyst comes from. It's basically consistency in finding more value for people. Looking at the center of the bullseye is our axial loop. The next affinity loop that surrounds the axial loop is what we call the affection loop. So these are people who are attached to your best clients through marriage or through birth. It's their husbands and wives and kids and moms and dads. It's their relationships. So these are people who have a very high degree of affinity with your best clients, but there aren't a lot of them. This is still a fairly small loop. The question you need to ask your best clients is, how can I help your wife with her blank marathon training? How can I help your girlfriend get ready for your wedding? How can I help your dad get over that lower back pain he's been having? How do you find these opportunities? Conversations with your clients. When you're doing a goal review, just ask them, how's everybody in your family doing? Or say, who has been most helpful to you on this journey? And if they respond with, oh, my wife's been amazing. She's been really getting into this food prep. She's been cooking me the meals that I'm supposed to eat. You can say, that's amazing. What can we do to thank her together? People in the affection loop are best recruited through conversation, through in-person invite. For example, Harry, why don't you bring Sally in this weekend to watch you do the open workout? They are not best recruited by having just an open invitation to bring your friend A. While that can work sometimes, and you're going to catch like the very lowest hanging fruit, we're really leveraging your best client's relationships. And the way that you best leverage relationships is in person, face-to-face with a conversation. So that means you should be inviting their staff, their kid, their parent in to watch your client perform or to try something together, like a one-on-one training session together. Or maybe they're inviting their kid in to try CrossFit Kids class while the parent is working out with you. But the key is that the invitation has to be tailored. It can't just be like a blanket general, hey, everybody bring your wife. It has to be part of a conversation and it has to come from a place of intimate knowledge. Hey, Sally, I know that golf season is coming up for Harry. And I remember last year he had some knee pain for the first couple of months and he didn't really enjoy it much. What's he doing to get ready for this golf season and how can I help? At this point, if you're following along, I want you to start taking action on this stuff. If you haven't done the seed client interviews, if you don't know who your best clients are, if you haven't like filled in your axial loop, I want you to put yourself in the axial loop and think of yourself as your potential best client. Now, I know that maybe you can't even afford your own CrossFit service. You can't afford to pay a personal trainer like you're asking your clients to now. That's okay. If you're brand new, if your business isn't profitable yet, and even just for the sake of doing it once a year, put yourself in that axial loop. Now ask yourself, What family members do you have that you could help with your service? How can we bring them in? How can we have that conversation? It's funny that as entrepreneurs, we don't like to ask for help, do we? 
we don't like to go to our friends and family and talk about what we're doing because it feels like we're selling them something. But the bottom line is that there is no one who is more likely to want to help you or to benefit from your advice than your family. It is your duty to save these people first. If you care about your own health and your own well-being, then you need to care about the health and well-being of your parents, of your first cousin, of your brother-in-law who lives across the road. You need to take care of these people. And so it's your responsibility as a coach to talk about your service and offer it to them, not as a discount, at a high-value rate, to help them. The third affinity loop, working our way out from the center bullseye, is the activity loop. The people with whom your best clients, your axial clients, have something in common. Where do they go when they're not at your gym? What else do they do? If they're going to a spin studio across town every Saturday morning, they're not cheating on you. They are serving as an ambassador to your brand. If your best clients are playing pickup hockey at midnight on Wednesdays, that's fantastic. They're not harming their CrossFit scores. They're wearing CrossFit on their sleeve for all their friends to see. All you have to do is make them a clear offer to help their friends play better. I'm going to give you an example here of putting myself in the axial loop and talking to my friends who share common activities with me. My service goal is to help kids play sports and gain self-confidence that way. When I was a kid, the only place that I got any self-confidence was through sports. And so my wife Robin and I like to donate a lot of time and a lot of money to local sports, especially to kids who might not be able to afford it. So I volunteer to coach two different hockey teams and we sponsor the crap out of these kids and it's awesome. But I also get to meet people by doing this who probably want to come to my gym. A couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in the stands with the father of my goalie and we were having this great conversation. You know, I was visiting, uh, you know, to watch another of his kids play and stuff. And we started talking about the gym and I said, why don't you come with me? Come on Wednesday, come and try it out. Come on Monday morning. We had a holiday in Canada last Monday. I said, perfect time for you to come in. I'll do it with you. Came in, he signed up. And the last eight or eight of the last 11 clients at Catalyst have come to Catalyst this way through personal connection because I got out from behind my screen and I went into the community and I met people and I had conversations and I offered to help them. This is one of the greatest missed opportunities in the service industry right now. We're so enamored with, I'm going to run a Facebook ad. I'm going to up my SEO. Even writing love letters, which I love to do, distracts you from meeting people face-to-face and actually changing their lives. So this guy came in. He started our brand new incubator program at Catalyst. I can talk more about that another time. He's loving it. He would not have come in had he been on my email list. He would not have responded to a Facebook ad because he doesn't, he's not on Facebook. He's a cop. He responded to me. And it's really important to know that your clients have this sphere of influence too. Another client who recently started, maybe about a year ago, was taking some pictures of the open for me on Friday night. And he said, you know, I think I've almost got these guys at work talked into it. And I said, that's fantastic. Why don't we invite them to come in for a private workout on Friday night? I'll run a special group just for you guys. There was about five of them. We'll do a fun team building exercise. It won't be a killer Fran or anything like that. And then we'll have a beer after. And he said, you'd do that for me? I said, yeah, absolutely I would. And he said, let's set it up. So this morning he pitched it to his friends at work. 
We're going to go to Catalyst. No one else will be there. The five of us are going to do a little trial workout. And then Chris is going to have a beer with us after, and you can ask him questions. How does that help compared to how do I target a Facebook audience? I would probably never reach these guys and my message would never come across. I would never get to have a real conversation with them except in person. If I did Facebook ads, you know, I can't explain how my service is of value to them. But their buddy is my advocate already. He's an evangelist for CrossFit. He's singing my praises all day long already. All I have to do is answer their questions and get them over that little sale line. I have to get them to sign up. And to do that, I'm going to have to meet them in person one way or the other. I might as well do it in a controlled environment where they're all comfortable and I can sign them all up at once. So the activity loop of affinity means identifying what else your clients are interested in, who else shares that passion, like who do they do it with, and how you can help them do it better. Now, if their passion is drinking, you can't help them do that better. But if their passion is downhill skiing, you certainly can. Jim, who do you go downhill skiing with every year? Well, at the start of every season, you know, I get the same uh, group of couples. There's about eight of us and we rent a ski lodge and we go for about a week. How do the first two days feel? Well, for me, it's fine, but for most of them, it sucks. Their quads are burning and they spend most of the time in the chalet. Jim, how can I help your friends have a better experience on the first skis, ski runs of the year on your ski trip? You know, I can keep your buddies skiing with you longer. I can keep them in less pain. I can keep them out of the hot tub and up on the slopes. Again, it comes back to the conversation that you're willing to have with your client and making a clear and concise offer to help. The fourth affinity loop is the acquaintance loop. These are people with whom your best clients have something in common, but they might or not, might not actually know them. So for example, when you're doing your axial loop interviews, identifying your seed clients and finding out like what else they do, you might find that a large proportion of your clients are golfers or they're baseball players, or in my case, a large proportion are entrepreneurs. And you might say, if so many of my axial clients are entrepreneurs, then it might make sense to try and attract more entrepreneurs, whether or not my clients actually know them or not. Because the attributes that draw entrepreneurs to Catalyst, the current entrepreneurs that I have, will be the same attributes that draw other entrepreneurs to Catalyst. What are those attributes? Well, they don't want to have to waste brain space or energy thinking about what workout to do. They don't want to have to motivate themselves because they've already burned up all their willpower firing the bad client this morning. They don't want to have to stay at the gym for two hours to get a good workout. They want to be in and out in an hour and done. And they want to be exercising with people who are not going to be trying to sell them something. So all these things together, and probably 10 more, are reasons why entrepreneurs love Catalyst. It makes a lot of sense to me to try and work with other entrepreneurs. So the fourth affinity loop is you saying, my best clients have this thing in common. How can I interact with more people like that? If they're golfers, I would like you to make a connection with the golf course and say, hey, we train a lot of golfers at my gym. I would love to come down and just do a pre-season mobility clinic for your golfers so they can get their swing game going before June hits. If you find that a lot of people in your city come to you for weight loss, your best clients are all trying to lose weight, 
then you might want to ask, like, where else do people go who want to lose weight? Well, there might be a certain store they all visit uh, while they're trying to lose weight that, that caters to overweight people. There might be a doctor that they all go to. They might all go to the same chiropractor, you know. And so you want to find these, these uh, connections and help work on those connections. Another great connection that I have in my gym is that most of the people who come there are among the top 15% of earners in our city. That means they also use services that only the top 15% would use, like wealth planners, financial managers. And so I'm going to make connections with some of these wealth planners. I'll make an appointment myself. I'll go talk to them and say, how can I help your business? That help probably looks like, why don't you come into Catalyst and give a seminar on wealth management now before the tax deadline, for example. So the fourth affinity loop is looking at what your clients have in common and saying, how can I help other people with that same problem? Now, at this stage, we haven't even looked at a computer screen yet. We've looked in the faces, looked in the eyeballs of our clients. We've had conversations. We've asked them questions about how can I help. We are going to move in the next affinity loop into the online world. There are many tools there that are very effective. I don't want to suggest that we never use them because obviously we do. But it's important to know that with all new clients, no matter where they came from, if they came from a Facebook ad, if they came in because they picked up your pamphlet at the health food store, if they came in because they drove past your sign on I-80, you still want to go back to the very basic connections that they have to try to recruit your next clients. Even if somebody came in through a Facebook ad, that doesn't mean your next client has to come in through a Facebook ad. It means that that first client in through the Facebook ad should be asked, how can I help your wife? Then, how can I help the people that you golf with? Then, how can I help other golfers in this city? The fifth affinity loop is called the attention loop. Now, you've probably noticed these all start with A. So if you're getting confused, here's a review. The axial loop is your best clients at the center of the bullseye. Radiating out from there are slightly bigger groups of people, but as the group size increases, affinity decreases. So the axial loop is in the center. The affection loop, family, is the next loop. The activity loop, shared hobbies or workplaces, is next. Then the acquaintance loop, people with whom your best clients have something in common. And now the attention loop. So these are people who are paying attention to you and your brand, but they're not paying you money. They could be your former clients who know all about you and they love you and they took a break and they just never came back. They could be people who are comparing gyms. They might even be comparing CrossFit gyms. They might be saying, which CrossFit gym should I go to? And they're on your site every day looking at your workouts because they don't know how else to compare you. It could be people who are interested in losing weight and so they're just following the Instagram feed of every gym in town. It could be people who are scared to try CrossFit. But the bottom line is that these people are paying attention. In this world, attention is one of the strongest currencies in which you can trade. If somebody is paying attention every day to you, they are eventually going to buy from you. The attention strategy that we use, the way that we engage people who are already paying attention to us to move them closer to the sale line, closer to our service, where we can really help them the most, is mostly email marketing. Email marketing has changed, and you've probably read, if you're on my email list already, about love letters instead of newsletters. 
for years and years and years, I wrote about newsletters and how to do them better. And I gave templates to our clients, but that's changed. Last year's Spam Act really blocked about 30% of readers from newsletters. So if you're sending an email and you've got a, like a header image, a lot of spam filters, especially in big companies, will see that and immediately think this is spam and throw it out. If you're sending something with you know big images in general or a lot of links on it, or it looks like there are a lot of um, like hashtags, filter it out. Instead, you need to write a love letter. This is a craft that takes practice, but it's basically a conversation with your audience. That means you're going to use plain text formatting. You're not going to have a call to action on most of your emails. You're going to speak in familiar terms, like, Dear John, here's what I would like to do with you. Instead of third-party language like, our no-sweat intro helps incorporate five different variants of fitness, okay? You need to pretend that you're writing to somebody that you actually care about and that you're trying to solve their actual problem instead of just broadly advertising what you do or what you sell. Our email list at 2Brain, I'm going to give away some numbers here, has a daily readership of about 35%. That's astronomical. Most most email marketers would suggest that an open rate of 20% would be pretty good. A readership rate of about 11% would be very good. That means people open the email and read the whole thing. Our readership rate is about 35%, and it's because I take very great care to make sure that I'm solving your problem when I write to you, that I'm addressing something that you actually care about and telling you how to solve it, or maybe just giving you a little bit of a boost to get by. We do not have the most followers on Facebook, Two Brain Business. We do not have the most followers on Instagram. We certainly do not have the most followers on Twitter. We do not do Google AdWords. We do not do Facebook ads. What we do have is an incredibly engaged audience that's taken me nine years to build through almost daily blog writing, over 2,000 blog posts now, emails, podcasts, interviews like this one, uh, YouTube channel. And these people, including you, are paying attention because the things that we say are carefully thought out, they're important, and they're really, really relevant. You should be doing the same thing with your audience. So to start your email list, and I sure hope you have one, I want you to think about the last question that a client asked you that made you think, gee, doesn't everybody know that? For example, hey coach, um, how, many, how many grams of protein are in these beans? And you think, man, doesn't everybody know that? That you need to combine beans with another protein to make you know the amino acid chains useful? Or maybe a client said like, hey, if I do more reps, am I going to lose weight faster? And you thought, geez, doesn't everybody know this stuff about like intensity by now? Well, they don't. And if they're asking you those questions, it means that they are the representative of 100 other people who are not asking you those questions. So here's what you do. Someone asked you a question like, should I do more reps for weight loss? And your first response is, doesn't everybody know that? Your second thought should be, no, they don't. And so you go sit at your keyboard and you write a love letter. You pretend that you're writing it to the person who asked you as if you were just responding to their email. And then you send it to your entire list. You send it out to everyone. You take their name off it and you put, this morning I was asked about XYZ, higher reps for weight loss. The reason that higher reps for weight loss doesn't work is blah, blah, blah. 
I wish it was true because I do a lot of reps in CrossFit, but that's not the case. What we actually need are these three things. Love, Chris. Send it to them. You don't need a, an image in there anywhere. You don't need a link to sign up for your service. You don't need a call to action. All you need is love. And that's why it's a love letter now and not a newsletter. That's why we have a huge open rate. That's why we are the biggest fitness business mentorship practice in the world is mostly because when people give us their attention, we take that very seriously. As a bond of trust, we try to give you a lot of value back. So how do you get people from paying attention to paying you money? Well, sometimes you do need to call the action in there. But what you're really doing there is saying to people, look, if you really want help with this, the fastest way to get it is to click this link and sign up. A lot of people will read our email list for years. I want to be completely transparent about that. That's okay. A lot of people will take our free templates, they'll use them in their gym, they'll generate thousands of dollars in new revenue, or they'll read my book and do nothing for five years. And that is okay. But eventually, if they want real help, instead of the concepts, they book a call and we talk through it and they become a mentorship client. And then they become somebody that I really care about and that we can personalize our answers to. So maybe three, every three days, every four days, you want to tell people exactly what to do next. If you're a fan of the story brand podcast, they would say, do this more often. You should always be telling people, here's the next step. Here's what action you should take. Be clear about that. Don't be an artist, you know, but honestly, every third or fourth day for me is about all I can remember to do. Because when I'm composing to people who are paying attention, my goal is only to help them solve their problem not necessarily to get them to sign up. The next loop, the sixth loop in affinity marketing is awareness. So these are people who are aware of what you do. They might kind of get it. Like they might know what CrossFit is, for example, but they haven't really indicated any interest other than fleeting. So these are people who maybe like your Facebook page because it has pictures of girls wearing tight pants. They might not have any interest in CrossFit, any interest in working out at all. They just like the colors. These are people who are generally aware of you. Just like in the old days, they used to drive past your building and see your sign. Oh yeah, that's where Catalyst is, right. Do I want to go there? No. But I know where they are. Back in the old days of advertising, radio station salespeople, TV station salespeople used to come into Catalyst and tell me that I needed to get my name out there. I'm doing the air quotes here. And that they were basically selling awareness marketing. Like if people just knew who I was, they would come on in. But that's not true, especially with very intense exercise here that maybe has this little tinge of injury that I've heard about on, you know, whatever news channel I watch. It takes a lot more than awareness. It takes a knowledge and a commitment and a confidence that Chris understands what my problem is and he knows how to solve it better than I do. So awareness is okay, but you can't really measure success by it. You can go to uh, the Facebook page of, of gyms and see 10,000 followers, okay? 10,000 people like this page and still not see a profitable gym because there's no money in followers. If you're trying to attract cold leads, yeah, they probably have to follow your Facebook page first, but there's a lot more that happens after that. And conversion is not correlated with awareness 
in any sense of the word. Nobody can say for every thousand followers you get, one person's going to sign up. For us, for every follower that we get, you know, for every three followers that we get on our Facebook page, one person signs up. That's incredible. But what it really means is that we're just not focusing on Facebook likes because I don't care. Facebook is basically just a net for me to get people onto my email list where I can actually help them, where they can write me back, where we can have a conversation that starts a relationship. So as far as like Facebook and social media and Instagram likes and all that stuff go, um, it's, it's not really that important. It's not a good indicator of a solid business. And a lot of the times it can be distracting. My daughter tells me that our Instagram profile on TubeBrain is actually pretty amazing because we have like 2,500 followers and we only follow about 380 people, right? They're the gyms that we mentor. They're the people that I care about. I want to see their Instagram feeds so that I can tell them how to make them better. But if you're just into the scorekeeping of Instagram and Facebook, you could be distracted from what actually matters, which is engagement, discussion, and care. Are people actually paying attention when they hit like your page or do they just want to see girls in tight pants? That's a question that we can't answer. And so we want to spend less and less time on this loop and the loops that are beyond it and more and more time on engagement, acquaintance, activity, affection, and our axial loop. The seventh loop of affinity is called audiences. And when we're talking about audiences, we're usually talking about social media marketing. An audience is just basically a niche that's been carved out of the entire possible sphere of people who are on Facebook who might possibly be interested in your service. So one audience might be people who are interested in your service who live within 10 miles of your gym. Some audience might also be uh, people who live within 10 miles of your gym, who are female, who are between 25 and 35 years of age, and who really like Garth Brooks, for example. Facebook makes it really, really easy to narrow these audiences down uh, according to their likes, their follows, their pages, their mentions, their check-ins. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. But the key is, no matter how finely you define the demographics of an audience, it will never be as precise as somebody who you know who was brought in by like one of your Axial Loop clients. So I want to keep that in mind. And then the last loop of affinity is what we call the ambient audience, which is just every single person in the world who has signed up for Facebook, who has a method of communicating with you, even if the path is, is unclear. Okay, You share a common media. That's the ambient audience. So the key here now is moving people from these distant loops of affinity to the proximal loops toward becoming a client, moving them from cold lead to warm lead, and then across the sale line. I want to go back to the fishing boat analogy that I used earlier. A lot of these tools, these media, are nets that should pull people into your boat. Now, your boat would be your website, and in the boat is when they are cleaned and made edible. So on Facebook, they're just kind of swimming around in the ocean. We make uh, an ad, okay, and that's our net that pulls them to our boat, our website. From our website, our goal is to convert them onto our email list. And from our email list, our job is, you know, fillet them, as funny as that might sound. So here's the tactics that we're going to use. If somebody is in the awareness stage right now, they're following you on social media, our job is to get them onto your email list, okay? 
if somebody's already on your email list, our job is to get them toward conversion. Now, they might respond well to an email, which, as I mentioned before, is basically our strategy, but they might also respond well to a Facebook ad. So people are constantly flitting back and forth. They're never fully engaged in attention. They might not be fully engaged in following you on social media. They might have hit like on, you know, the girl in tight pants one time and that was it. So our job is always to be moving them closer to that sale line. If they're in the awareness stage, they're following you on Facebook, our job is to target them with an ad that will take them to a landing page that will get them on your email list. From there... If they want to take the next step and sign up, that's wonderful. But even if they don't, they've given you the opportunity to continue talking to them. Now they're in your attention loop. They're paying attention. They're not paying you money yet, but they're interested in hearing more. And this is where your email marketing has to be really, really strong. If you're doing a Facebook ad and somebody jumps from you know an audience that you've targeted with the ad, they become aware, they immediately um, pay attention then they immediately take action. They sign up for something. That's great. This is not as common as it once was. Uh, if they do sign up for something, don't forget that now that they become your client, you should be placing them in the axial loop and saying, how else can I serve you? You know, What are your biggest challenges outside the gym? How can I help your family? How can I help the people you work with? How can I pe- help the people with whom you have something in common? And radiating back out that way. If you're going to start doing Facebook ads, and you've been listening to this entire podcast now, you'll probably understand that a Facebook ad is like step seven of a marketing plan. It's not step one. And that's why we say flip the funnel. Start with the people most likely to give you their business who are most likely very close to your perfect client instead of starting with people who know nothing about you and you know nothing about them and just trying to like speed date them until you find the right person. If you are going to do a Facebook ad, because there is a time and a place here for cold leads. Sometimes you just, you're brand new. You have 15 clients. You've done affinity marketing on them. They've referred a bunch of people. That's wonderful. But we really need some new blood in the in the mix here. Then you do a Facebook ad with the goal of capturing these people onto an email list. And I would even start with an email list if you have one. So if you're a more established gym like me, you've got several hundred or even a few thousand people on your email list, I would upload that to Facebook, create a target audience out of the people who are on your email list and target them with a new ad that can re-engage them. It could be that they signed up for your email list a long, long time ago. They don't know what you offer now. They pay more attention on Facebook. That's fine. But the goal is to get them onto that email list and off social media. Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, they're all really, really good at keeping you on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. What Mark Zuckerberg doesn't want is for you to close Facebook and go to a website. But that's our goal as our marketer. So our Facebook ad should get people off Facebook, onto our website, then onto our email list where we can constantly be engaging them. If you've been engaging with two brand content for a while, you'll have gotten emails from us. These aren't automated. We write them on every day. We usually publish the same day or maybe even the morning after. And we're usually trying to solve a problem for people. If we've solved a problem for you in the past, if you've read Two Brain Business, Two Brain Business 2.0, Help First, even the Ignite book, or you've been reading these email letters, that's fantastic. Thank you for paying attention. What you really need, though, is to move closer to mentorship and have somebody that can help you walk through this stuff 
all the time, every single month, so that you're taking advantage of the low-hanging fruit that's available to you instead of going to the far end of the funnel and just trying to buy cold leads. Thanks as always, and we'll see you soon.